Hoosier United Methodist podcast, episode number 11, with Reverend Brent Wright from Broad Ripple. It's a productive pain. It's a season in the church. It's a season in our history in this a civic community, a season for this wrestling. It's a season in the church for wrestling with our our expression of the gospel in this day, in this place. This is Reverend Charles Harrison, Senior Pastor of Barnes United Methodist Church in Indianapolis. You are connected to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. that a strong connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to achieving the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The Hoosier United Methodist Podcast will help you and your church connect with key insights, hear inspiring stories, and learn from successful pastors and people making a difference in United Methodist Churches in Indiana. And now, here's hello, Brad. Hello, hello again, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. I am Brad Miller, your host, and I thank you for lending me your ears again today as we continue our conversations related to the churches and the people and the leaders of the United Methodist Church in the state of Indiana who are strengthening the connection by making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Today, we delve into a conversation with Reverend Brent Wright, the lead pastor at the Broad Ripple United Methodist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Brent has been involved with a controversial issue in our state. He has been involved with the rights of LGBT folks in regards to the relationship to the church and especially to the state. He's been involved with some efforts to deal with the Marriage Amendment Act in our state, which was based on the rights of same-gender folks to marry. And he was also involved with the efforts to to advocate against the RFRA Act, which is the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which occurred in April of 2015. And he was involved with a number of clergy and other folks who were dealing with that. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act had to do with uh, the, the, the advocacy of some folks believed the Religious Freedom Restoration Act was meant to uh, be a tool to help uh, some folks to discriminate against LGBT people. Lots of different opinions on that. What we're here to say today is that uh, Brent took a stand in this issue as an advocate for folks with uh, who he considers in the margins in the LGBT community. And he wrote many articles on this topic, was involved with some advocacy of many levels. He does not speak uh, for his uh, for the, our United Methodist denomination in Indiana or for his local church even. But he's been an, an, a vocal advocate in these areas, and especially in terms of how the church can serve people in the margins and how if we're going to be a, strength, a strong uh, church ministering to our communities, that we have something to say in these matters, even these controversial matters. So 
I think you're going to find this really a fascinating conversation. He talks a little bit about his history, getting into uh, the ministry from a very kind of a fascinating background through the sciences, actually. He talks a little bit about the Broad Ripple community, kind of the eclectic nature of that community and what his life and ministry is like in Broad Ripple. Talks about a man named Roger, who he had a particular uh, influence and impact on in some really interesting conversations regarding the issues that we are talking about here. But I think you're going to really be interested to hear what Brent has to say about how the church can minister to people in the margins and how Jesus did just that. And uh, there's something that we can learn here. He also has some great advice for folks uh, in our local churches as we deal with controversial issues. We have that, and then a little bit later on, Reverend Andy Kinsey will be with us with our Methodist Moment. So we've got a full agenda. Let's get into our interviews right now. Welcome to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Brad Miller. Our special guest on the podcast is Pastor Brent Wright, who is the pastor of the Broad Ripple United Methodist Church in Indianapolis. Brent, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks, Brad. Glad to be with you. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Brett, has, uh, uh, Brett, just tell us a little bit about your uh, what got you into uh, ministry in the first place and uh, a little bit of a story on how you ended up as the pastor at Broad Ripple. So I, uh, I came to ministry by uh, a circuitous route, really. I um, grew up um, interested in all things space and aviation and uh, went to college at Purdue uh, pursuing a dream to be an astronaut. Um, Purdue taught me what it means to be an engineer, and that was enough to show me that I'm no engineer. So uh, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I was through my uh, involvement during the summers at church camp um, in uh, southern Indiana, Camp Menito, uh, most of the time. Uh, uh, Menito is close to my heart as well. Yeah, I, I uh, got a chance to experience uh, ministry um, through that role as a camp counselor uh, over those summers, and um, that started to reshape my sense of identity. I, I um, uh, after I finished my engineering degree at Purdue, I um, I went to um, uh, grad school to learn to teach. I wanted to um, wanted to be a, a science teacher, and okay. so I um, did a couple years in Colorado uh, studying education, learning to teach. I taught uh, middle school science for a couple of years, and it was during that time that. I realized uh, the parts about teaching that I loved were actually the parts that were most like ministry. Okay. And, um, so from there, I went to a seminary at Duke and um, came back home to Indiana after seminary. Uh, was uh, uh, appointed for the first time in 2003 to uh, St. Luke's as an associate. Spent four years there, um, then three years out in the country at Jamestown, out west of Indianapolis. Okay. And um, have been at Broad Ripple now for five years. And tell us just a little bit about your ministry at Broad Ripple. What is uh, what's God doing at Broad Ripple these days? What's is some something that's happening there? Broad Ripple is um, uh, an exciting place to be. It's a vibrant community and neighborhood uh, known to many people um, in the area as uh, a place of uh, great creativity and entrepreneurship. Broad Ripple UMC was founded. Um, a long time ago, 150 years or so ago, back when uh, this was uh, um, a pastoral neighborhood uh, way out of the city of Indianapolis. And um, this current um, uh, era of Broad Ripple UMC um, 
really began about uh, 60 years ago in the mid-century when um, Broad Ripple was the, the, the bustling suburb of Indianapolis on the north side. And um, we found our stride then, um, learned the way to be church in the late 50s, early 60s um, in suburban Indianapolis. And then... And then the world changed around us um, over the next uh, several generations. And um, so when I arrived uh, five years ago, the congregation um, had been experiencing decline for uh, essentially the previous 20 years. Um, there was uh, there were a couple blips um, on the decline, but as the as the uh, um, as the culture shifted around us in Broad Ripple, the congregation struggled to figure out how to connect. And uh, so that's been our challenge for the last five years. We're, uh, we're a little congregation now. Um, we have um, incredibly uh, uh, valuable property right in the heart of Broad Ripple, a beautiful church building. Um, and uh, so we've been working to find uh, our sense of mission in this community uh, rather than simply trying to maintain what we built 50 years ago. Uh, we're looking for what does it mean to be church in Broad Ripple today? And how has it uh, manifested itself? What are some of the directions that you're leaning these days? Well, I'd say we are um, um, we're getting more and more um, uh, small scale in our thinking um, down to uh, we're looking for opportunities to embrace and bless one person, one family at a time. Um, we've clarified our sense of uh, vision for what are we working toward, and that's that every person experience the love of God in our neighborhood and beyond. So we're doing that um, We're doing that small scale. We're looking for opportunities to support um, our neighbors, and uh, we're just down the street from Broad Ripple uh, High School, which is now a magnet middle and high school and IPS. Um, tremendous opportunity to connect. So, for instance, um, coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, we're hosting uh, a banquet that is produced by a student Christian group within Broad Ripple High um, that is uh, seeking to honor uh, members of the Broad Ripple High student body and their families that are struggling at Christmas. So ultimately, mm. it's not our ministry. It's the ministry of some students at the high school that wanted to to uh, to find those who were struggling at Christmas and um, bring together a banquet and some gifts and food baskets, and then they came to us and we said we would be honored to host it. So we provide a banquet dinner and the space, and we welcome um, the high school students in to minister to each other. Uh, it's a beautiful partnership. Mm-hmm. So you're be- developing a uh, collaboration with the church and community and culture. That's right. That's right. We're looking for places where we can be of service to the neighborhood in um, ways that Christ would be. So they may or may not be religious um, ways, uh, but they are absolutely about manifesting the love of God for our literal neighbors right here in Broad Ripple. Well, Brent, uh, Broad Ripple is... um well, I'll just I'll just ask you: How would you describe uh, the community of Broad Ripple, the eclectic nature of it? Give, give me your description of the of the environment of which you do ministry in. I'd say Broad Ripple is um, creative. Broad Ripple is interested in um, uh, authenticity and uh, um, beauty and. Um, uh, thinking beyond um, traditional constraints, 
you'll find um, uh, a wide range of entrepreneurs in Broad Ripple, folks who have a vision for um, a small business. You'll find a variety of artists in Broad Ripple. Uh, Broad Ripple is home to the uh, Indianapolis Arts Center, one of the most vibrant artist communities, a place for, um, uh, for lay folks to learn uh, the arts and to practice them together. Um, uh, Broad Ripple is the home to uh, the uh, IPS Arts Magnet Middle High School. That's Broad Ripple High. Um, so it's uh, it's an artistic, um, entrepreneurial, creative, energetic community. It's it's also the bar scene for Butler University um, and uh, for uh, for much of Indianapolis, um, which brings its own. Um, vibrancy and its own challenges. We've uh, sure. we've faced some issues with violence in the past couple of years, and the questions of security and how is it that we secure our community while remaining open to strangers. And uh, so, it's an interesting time to be in this community as the church. Absolutely, and yeah, lots of um, oh, comedy clubs and music venues, and lots of lots of activity. It's not a That's dead right. community for by That's any right. means, in my right. observation, and being there. And so, you have lots of opportunities and lots of challenges, and and lots of different folks to be in ministry with. And one of the things I know that you've been involved in ministry too, personally, and in various ways through your involvement in the church and to the community is some of the issues regarding uh, civil rights and particularly LGBT rights. Uh, you've been involved with some writing in this area and some advocacy and and some responses to uh, some of the state laws that have come up, the uh, the Religious Freedom and Restoration Act, which was in the news here uh, a while back. Can you just say a little bit about what your involvement has been in these issues here, Brent, and some of the responses and some of the give and take that's going on with you and in the life of the community, the church, and responses there. This is an important uh, time for um, expanding uh, our understanding of who belongs in our community uh, as a civil, um, civic community. Um, and uh, so I think this is this is an era for um, a civil rights movement that, um, in some ways, is analogous to uh, the civil rights movement of the mid twentieth century and uh, okay. the women's rights movement um, before that, earlier in the century. And so, uh, for me, as a, a minister of the gospel, um, as a representative of the presence of Christ, um, it's been important for me to. Um, to be pushing for openness in our civic space uh, on behalf of the gospel. So that's how I've been involved, um, first through resisting the uh, marriage amendment, uh, so-called marriage amendment, uh, the uh, proposed constitutional amendment um, to uh, the Indiana Constitution that would have uh, forbidden uh, gay marriage uh, by defining marriage as between a man and a woman only. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was a part of the uh, uh, the movement that resisted enshrining that in our Constitution. And uh, then came the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, um, which was um, um, uh, an attempt after the marriage amendment failed. It was an attempt then to create a law that would have protected those who choose to discriminate against LGBT folks. And um, so I worked um, with the um, LGBT community and allies against that act and wrote, um, wrote in response to, uh, to that movement. And then uh, now the current form of the movement is um, in 
uh, promoting um, establishing civil rights protections uh, for LGBT folks alongside all other protected classes of citizens in Indiana, uh, race, gender, um, etc. Of course, when we're involved with these type of issues, these become kind of hot buttons within culture at large and certainly within the church. How would you say that uh, either you, both your local church and the church as a whole, our United Methodist churches, are uh, responding to this issue from your from your vantage point? I certainly see us um, wrestling within, and, and uh, I'm grateful for that. I think that's uh, that's a faithful wrestling. Um, it's painful um, to encounter uh, the deep differences that we are amongst ourselves um, between brothers and sisters when we recognize that we have very different points of view and feel very strongly about our different points of view. That's that's painful um, to me. It's a productive pain. It's a season in the church. It's a season in our history. Um, in this. Um, a civic community, a season for this wrestling. It's a season in the church for wrestling with our um, our expression of the gospel in this day, in this place. And um, so uh, within my local congregation, um, that wrestling is happening. Um, uh, I've had uh, some terrific conversations with uh, several parishioners, especially um, one man in in particular, who's had the uh, uh, the courage to come to me and say, um, "Help me understand how you come to the conclusions you do," because it doesn't make sense to me. And so okay. we've had uh, multiple conversations over time um, to try to understand one another's points of view and um, uh, to be sure we're hearing those, one another. Have those still, conversations been productive, Brent? Uh, I'd say they've been productive in that the act of listening and hearing and understanding others is productive. Um, neither of us has changed our mind. So uh, if if uh, uh, conversion is the only expression of uh, of okay. success, then they have not been. But I I I would challenge that and say that the uh, the very act of discussion is uh, is productive. So they have been. Well, one one of the things we like to say in this podcast, one of the things we say as United Methodist uh, Christians, is that the connection is uh, is important. And even if we have a connection, doesn't always mean that we're in total agreement, but we have a yes, connection. That's right. And the deeper the connection, the more we're going to be aware of our differences. Um, that's something that to me is a sign of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not too hard to have a group of people that seems to be in total agreement. Um, and uh, in order to do that, um, we simply have to avoid talking about what we really think where there might be disagreement. If we just hide our true selves, then it's easy to see uh, that everybody's that uh, to pretend that everybody's the same in true intimate community, which is what I think is God's vision for the church. Uh, we're inevitably going to be aware of differences if we are all uh, whole, uh, thoughtful people, then there will be significant differences in our perspective. And the most healthy thing we can do is to share uh, those perspectives in a, in a, a space of love and acceptance and listen to one another um, in the uh, faithful assumption that we are listening to God by, by listening to one another. I think it's uh, some wise counsel there, Brent, and I would just ask you to um, perhaps give us some, uh, based out of your experience, this area of the um, 
of civil rights and the LGBT rights and the, the Religious Freedom Act. Probably been in one form or another topics of discussion in every United Methodist Church in, in our state and beyond. It's certainly in the communities because it affects everybody. What are some just thinking or uh, some strategies you might give to a pastor or to uh, some lay folks who are somehow or another struggling with this issue in their church and their community? What are some things that you've learned out of your experience that may be helpful? The primary thing I would offer from my own experience is the power of um, knowing others on an individual basis, the power of individual relationship, um, and the importance of individual relationship in wrestling with an issue. Um, So for me, uh, knowing gay people uh, has been the way that I have um, come to my understanding of of uh, God's call in this um, issue, and uh, um, I might uh, I might add as a parallel, um, knowing those who serve in the military has also uh, shaped my understanding of God's call um, for um, how I might be. Um, uh, how I might be called to live and act uh, with regard to matters around military service or war. Um, and to me, um, considering an issue without a personal connection um, is uh, is dangerous. Mm. Um, it's uh, I'm much more open to manipulation. Um, by uh, voices from outside, um, whether they be in the direction of uh, my preconceived notions or against my preconceived notions, um, my reflection on any issue um, as a follower of the incarnate God, my reflection should be grounded in incarnate relationship, in relationship with other people. And that's been a primary um, part of my journey. So when we think about these types of issues, it's not just an article in the newspaper, or it's not just a speech by a politician or a uh, piece of legislature. It's a face. It's a person. It's a relationship. It's a it's an ongoing uh, of living life together. And, of course, that's part of what the local church is all about. That's essential. And yeah. and, and you and I um, could both be engaged in um, – loving relationship with gay folks, for instance, and come to different conclusions about how God calls us to love them. And to me, that's legitimate. Um, but to me, the, the, the bottom line of um, the incarnate gospel is that our, um, our stance on an issue must be rooted in um, uh, loving respect and relationship for those about whom we're talking. So if I'm going to be engaged in uh, issues related to poverty, um, there is something significant missing if I'm not actually uh, connected to people living in poverty in some way. If I don't know people living in poverty, if I don't have uh, an embodied experience of, uh, of what folks face, 
um, when they live in poverty. If I'm if I'm going to speak out on war, I need to be connected personally uh, to people who are touched by war on all sides, and um, and that's a that's a hard call, uh, especially for this introvert. <laughs> you know, I'm okay. I'm quite comfortable in the world of ideas, in the realm of ideas, um, but I hear God calling me and all of us to um, real relationship with those involved in the issues uh, of our day. So if we are going to respond to these issues, it's uh, helpful to have the perspective of a real relationship with people involved, not speaking to them out of essential. We can't speak to it out of ignorance then, you know, with with any credibility. And even more so, I'd say it's uh, it's dangerous to speak simply out of uh, ideas. Um, okay. Out of simple idealism, which is tempting for me. I mean, that's a certain, uh, that's certainly a, a, um, a pitfall that I face on a regular basis. Uh, mm-hmm. Am I, am I simply um, retreating uh, to the realm of ideas to formulate my um, uh, my rock solid uh, stance, or am I allowing myself to be formed in connection with God through other people, and in particular? A whole range of folks, and most especially those really um, affected by the issues um, that I'm uh, considering. And in as much as you have been affected by those issues, you have chosen uh, to take a step forward to make yourself uh, visible and available. You've done some writing on this issue. You've signed some petitions. You, uh, I noticed your name in a uh, open letter in the Indianapolis Star. Uh, the other day regarding these issues. Um, Certainly you've put yourself out there. What have been some of the uh, manifestations or consequences of doing that, good or bad? Hmm. Um, So far, I've been um, a little surprised that there have been um, very few visible consequences. Um, I'm I'm, I'm certainly not uh, naive enough to believe that that doesn't mean there is no disagreement or there's no... um, uh, uh, there's no um, uh, frustration with uh, with me on uh, on these fronts, but it hasn't made it back to me. Um, I have experienced um, um, a surprising amount of um, uh, of connection that's followed as um, uh, as folks have um, have reached out to thank me for um, my voice on the issue, or folks have said. Uh, we noticed that you're uh, passionate on this issue. Would you like to join us in this open letter, for instance? Um, I was not an author on the letter, um, but because of the connections I formed, um, uh, just, just for being context, the open letter we're, we're referring to was just say a bit about that. It was a, signed by a number of clergy, United Methodists and otherwise, around the Indianapolis area. That's what, right. What was the context of that letter? So, um, a letter by, uh, just share by that a with small us, group of clergy, I think at the hub of that group was um, uh, Reverend Lewis Galloway, uh, pastor at Second Pres in Indianapolis. Um, and then uh, um, circulated actually over a period of weeks um, uh, uh, in invitation to other clergy to sign on. And the letter essentially affirms our um, advocacy for um, uh, equal rights for LGBT folks in Indiana, uh, rights equal to those of other protected groups. And um, uh, 141 clergy signed on by the time it was uh, going to publication in the Star um, sometime mm-hmm. in the last week. 
and yourself and actually a number of other United Methodist clergy did sign off on that. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Brent, the um, one of the things we have a mission in our church here in Indiana and in the whole United Methodist Church, which states we are to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Could you just say a word about how some of the things you're involved with have indeed transformed the world, either for an individual or for a situation? Could you tell us a story about some transformation? I'd say that um, uh, in this um, current struggle in our place and time um, to advocate for um, full civil rights for a group of people, um, we're being disciples as a way of showing the world who Jesus is. And uh, I think about my um, my dear friend Roger, who um, is uh, the son of Methodist clergy uh, from Texas. Um, his father and his um, uncle, I believe, um, were uh, uh, lifelong clergy in um, North Texas. And um, he grew up... Uh, Gay at a time when it was very difficult to uh, to even talk about um, issues of uh, sexual identity, um, and in a place uh, where he experienced that uh, being gay simply meant that his whole life um, uh, needed to be underground, and it, it took uh, a significant toll on him, including driving him away from the church mm. for a long time. Um, a long time, decades. Uh, he uh, he always um, had a deep spirit, but never felt welcome in the church. Um, over the past several years, um, he's begun to find his way back uh, to um, connecting with God through the church, and um, it's the church's advocacy on his and others' behalf in the civic space that has opened his eyes to the fact that um, uh, that Jesus embraces him as he is. Uh, and um, uh, in particular, I think um, about uh, a conversation he and I had uh, back during the, uh, um, the struggle over the Religious Freedom Restoration Act um, debate in Indiana. And um, uh, he was telling me about how he... He had not even been aware of how deeply it hurt um, to watch this fight happening in his state um, until one of his friends expressed um, Mm. um, his profound hurt and wept in front of him. And Roger said that began to to open him up and he realized that he had been soldiering on. um, But at the same time, it it was profoundly hurtful. to, um, to have this expression that in order for one group of people to have their religious freedom, they needed to be free to discriminate against Roger and his friends. And, um, and he told me that it meant a lot to see um, my name, especially because I have the privilege of attaching REV on the front of my name, uh, speaking on behalf of embracing all people and um, setting up protections in our civic space that, um, that keep all people safe from discrimination. 
Uh, that doesn't prescribe anyone's religious behavior, but it does set limits on it, just mm-hmm. like we set limits on people's religious behavior. Um, if if it's part of their religion to discriminate against women, that's fine. But in the civic space, they're not allowed um, to discriminate against women in significant ways. Or if their religious behavior doesn't allow blacks and whites to be together, well, that's their religious choice in their own religious space. But in our civic space, uh, we have affirmed as a society that um, all people should be treated equally. And um, so we're simply seeking to do the same thing with LGBT folks, and um, um, it's it's been powerful to watch Roger's journey as he's appreciated that the gospel of Jesus Christ embraces him and um, creates space for him that is safe from discrimination, and uh, to the degree that our civic space can reflect the good news that Jesus shows us about who God is and who God loves, um, I believe that we as the church... Um, can be a voice for that. And um, so that's what we're about. Well, that's uh, tremendous. And there's an awful lot of Rogers in this world, aren't there, who are for sure. people from other situations, be it racially or be it ageism or be it uh, all kinds of other things that have been disenfranchised in some form or another. And that uh, certainly the role of the church is to be a means by which people can be reintegrated into a life with Christ through the local body. And we are charged with that. And it seems to me if we're talking about if we're going to make disciples, if we're going to grow the church by making disciples, transformation has to take place when we care deeply about folks who, for whatever reason, be it LGBT issues or other issues, have been uh, disenfranchised from the church. And we have a we have a big role ahead of us. And it's people when we make the transformation, people like Roger, it makes all the yeah. difference. Certainly it made absolutely. an impact on you, obviously. It does. Yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> Brent, um, there's a lot of Rogers and other people like that in all of our churches in Indiana. People who are disenfranchised for some reason or churches that are seeking to reach out and to be helpful, to be to be the church in their communities. And sometimes there are some, some significant uh, struggles in that. I just wonder what kind of word of encouragement or advice would you give to a local church uh, pastor who wants to be uh, helpful to these folks who are disenfranchised for one reason or another? I'd say... Uh Jesus has shown us the way, and he walked it ahead of us. And there have been generations and generations and generations and generations of others who've walked the road ahead of us to this day through 2,000 years. And um, in every generation, there have been those um, with the courage to join uh, the people at the margins and meet Jesus there. And um, so... uh, for me, I draw tremendous um, encouragement from those who've come before. Mm-hmm. Um, I remind myself of the stories that I have heard firsthand from um, those who've come before me as clergy in uh, struggles for social uh, change and for the gospel uh, pushing back against sin in our civic space. And um That's profound for me, especially um, in the arenas of standing with those who are suffering at the margins of society, um, because that's where Jesus spent his time and uh, where he calls us. You got 
Well, Brad, if folks want to be in contact with you or learn about some of your, I know you've written some things regarding these issues we spoke about today. Can folks be in contact with you? I'd be happy to talk to folks, sure. Uh, what are some ways so people can be in contact with you? So uh, they could email me. That's probably the best way at uh, Rev Brent Wright, R-E-V-B-R-E-N-T-W-R-I-G-H-T at me, M-E dot com. Very good. They could also look me up at the Broad Ripple uh, UMC website, which is easy to find online, Broad Ripple UMC in Indianapolis. And certainly we'll put in our show notes information about some of the writings and some of the blogging that you've done regarding some of these issues at hand. Well, one more thing, Brent, I'd like to always ask folks on our podcast, what's some fun fact about you? What's something interesting about you, a hobby, a a quirk about you, something about you that a lot of folks uh, may find uh, interesting? Well, that uh, that little spark from uh, when I was a child of interest in all things space and aviation uh, uh, never died. I left that vocational path, but um, I got my pilot's license, um, uh, gosh, six years ago or so, and um, fly for fun now, and uh, it's become uh, one of my spiritual practices. Um, just a few weeks ago, I had a chance to, um, to fly uh, cross-country at night, and... Um, there's something profound for me about uh, gliding over the landscape with uh, all the lights sliding by below. And um, I find that uh, when I land after having had a chance to fly, I feel like I've prayed. So uh, spiritual discipline of uh, being a pilot for fun. Well, that, that's incredible. Actually, that's one of my – I'm not a pilot, but it's one of my passions as well. Maybe we'll go flying oh, no kidding. Yeah, let's go flying sometime. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, I, it's been a great to have you with us here today, Brent. And uh, our special guest today on the Who's United Methodist podcast has been Reverend Brett Wright of the Broad River United Methodist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Reverend Brent Wright of the Bob Ripple United Methodist Church again for being with us here on the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. Not an easy task, of course, to delve into some really uh, touchy issues. But of course, the church and us clergy and us lay folks are called upon to deal with not just the easy stuff, not just the stuff that uh, is uh, uh, makes us that is uh, easy to advocate. But some of the difficult issues, and certainly this is one, dealing with LGBT issues and dealing with issues regarding uh, laws that can be interpreted as being, being discriminatory. Uh, there are lots of things on, on, on hand here. And I'd be interested in your feedback on this issue or, or others who may be on, on other sides of things of this issue who uh, can respond to this as well. But I do thank uh, Brent for for being with us on our uh, podcast today. I invite you to check out his writings. Uh, he's written some articles for, for over some blogs and some local publications. That we'll put the links to those in our um, in our show notes. I invite you to get a little deeper into some of the thinking and writing of Reverend Brent Wright. Right now, we have our Methodist moments with Reverend Andy Kinsey. I recently read a comment by Bishop uh, Gary Mueller of the Arkansas Conference that may help us to understand the life of grace and what John Wesley meant by grace. Grace as the presence and power of God in our lives, to be sure, but also grace as unconditional. Grace is God's unconditional gift in Christ, the, the love that God has for us no matter who we are. 
Also, grace is transformational, that grace doesn't just accept us where we are, but challenges us to go where God wants us to be and to become what God has created us to be. And then grace is invitational, grace as inviting us into a deeper relationship with God and with uh, the life of the church. I'm wondering how we could uh, share these with our people on uh, Sunday mornings and in our teaching about grace as God's unconditional love, grace as God's transforming uh, love in our midst, and then grace as offering that invitation to anyone who would have ears to hear and eyes to see. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Reverend Brad Miller. We do thank our guest again, Reverend Andy Kinsey, for the Methodist Moments, and of course, Reverend Brent Wright for our fascinating discussion that we had about uh, the church and folks on the margins, especially the LGBT community. We invite you to be an active listener of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. You can do so by responding to us by going to iTunes. It's very helpful to us. If you go to iTunes and there, look us up, just type in the search field, Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, and then subscribe, and then make a comment, and then to rate. So rate and review and subscribe is the best thing that you can do. You can also find us on the website, which is HoosierUnitedMethodist.com, and on our Facebook page, Facebook. Uh, com slash Hoosier United Methodist. Our mission, as always, is to strengthen the United Methodist Church in the state of Indiana and assist churches to go and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And we ask you to do just that moving forward. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We challenge you to be an active listener by subscribing and becoming a vital member of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast community. Visit us on the web at HoosierUnitedMethodist.com and chat with other members at Facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. Until next time, continue to make disciples and transform the world.